Hello, and welcome to A Well-Read Life. This is a place to share stories about good books and the reading life. I'm your host, Beth Jamison. Join me as I meander through my reading journey and discover the books that make up A Well-Read Life. One dreary day, during a particularly miserable season in England, the Durrell family decide to pack up everything and move to the island of Corfu. So begins my family and other animals, Gerald Durrell's 1956 memoir. The book chronicles the Durrell family's expat life on the island of Corfu when Gerald Durrell was a boy. Young Jerry is a budding naturalist, an avid adventurer, and a keen observer of nature. The book is filled with beautiful descriptions of the natural world that Jerry discovers on the island, as well as the hilarious stories of his eccentric family's antics, the many friends they meet, and the pets Jerry adds to his growing menagerie. My Family and Other Animals is humorous and fun, while also being a very entertaining book about natural science. As a child, did you ever spend the endless, carefree days of summer exploring? The kind of exploring that required you to pack a lunch, maybe a specimen jar or two, before setting off for a day of adventure. Growing up, my mom used to tell us kids about her days exploring her Texas neighborhood and how she and her friend David would spend the summer days catching horned toads and frogs and at night lightning bugs. The closest I ever came to imitating my mom was a collection of earthworms which I placed in a dirt-filled bowl on our back porch and unfortunately, accidentally baked in the hot sun. My days outdoors were filled with the imaginary games I directed to the neighborhood kids or my siblings. If I wasn't pretending we were braving the elements on the prairie, I was taking a cue from Harriet the Spy and spying on our neighbors. I had little interest in the flora and fauna and animal world around me. The animal kingdom seemed a brutal and harsh place. I'm squeamish by nature, and it seemed too violent. I especially had an aversion to insects. Not that I was afraid of them, but they were pests. I hated how they were always hovering and flying around me, and I was too afraid of being bitten or stung, which, if you live in Georgia like me, makes enjoying the outdoors problematic. Gerald Durrell did not hold the same view as I did. The outdoors held endless wonder for him as a child. His days in Corfu were spent exploring every nook and cranny on the island with his dog Roger as a companion. My view of nature began to change when I read My Family and Other Animals, a book I never would have found if not for studying abroad 16-odd years ago. In my early 20s, I set off for a trip to Labrie Fellowships, a Christian study center, in Switzerland to study. I was completely inexperienced in international travel, my duffel bag a disorganized jumble of multi-seasonal clothes. I was only planning to be there for a few weeks or as long as my meager savings would hold out. I had only a vague idea what I would end up studying, really. I was planning to stay for six weeks, but I ended up staying for four months. While there, one pleasant evening in early summer, I was introduced to Gerald Durrell and his eccentric family. And what a happy accident that was. And now, here's the story. The student chalet was a buzz with excitement. It was the Sunday for formal tea. We eagerly checked our names on the list to see which worker chalet we were assigned to. Sunday night teas were different than our usual formal breakfast and lunches, which consisted of more heady discussions. 
The rumor was that one of the hosts, a worker and his wife, spent the evening reading aloud to the students. Imagine, every student who had been to their teas were reduced to childlike giddiness as they regaled us with the tales of the read-alouds before the family's fire. Could the same man who would discuss articles about AI, robotics, and economic theory really read aloud from Winnie the Pooh to a group of 20-something-year-old students? I was dubious, but hopeful. As I scanned the list hung on the bulletin board in the front hall, I saw my name on the list for tea at the family chalet. I became as giddy as the other students and eagerly waited for the tea. On that early summer evening, we students made the short walk next door to the family chalet, entering in through the basement, their son's coats and shoes littering the floor of the mudroom. Here we were being allowed into the inner sanctum of the home. It spoke of a lived-in, comfortable environment, filled with the lively activity of a brood of sons. As we made our way into the family room, a large window gave us a view of the Alps at sunset, the pinks and lavenders of dusk playing off the peaks of the mountains. A fire was set and warming the room. We were surrounded by the cozy atmosphere of home. My roommate and I served our plates and found a place on the red sofa. We sipped our tea enjoying the momentary silence from the usual noise of the raucous crowd. When the shadows of twilight began to obscure the mountains from our view, and only the warm glow of firelight and the reading lamp filled the room, the worker took his seat in a comfortable armchair and began to read. I love this, I whispered to my roommate as we queued in line for our dessert during the break in reading. I feel like I'm being read a bedtime story. Me too, she confided. After our desserts were served, we found our seats again, and his wife took her place in the armchair, picked up her book, and began to read about a family sojourn in Corfu, introducing me to one of my favorite authors and favorite families in literature, the Durrell family. Mrs. Durrell, Larry, Leslie, Margot, and Jerry, I met them all in that basement room on a Sunday night over 16 years ago. The story grabbed me in a way few stories had in years. I felt a friendly connection to this ragtag expat family. It was a magical moment of encountering that rare find of a book you can lose yourself in. And so, when the evening was over, and we students were collecting our shoes and stacking up our plates, I made a beeline to the worker's wife and asked her for the name of the author. Gerald Durrell, she told me. I committed the name to memory for the rest of my time in Switzerland. When I came back from Labrie, Feeling a little out of place and strangely homesick, I read. I read to assuage the homesickness and culture shock I was experiencing. I made weekly library dates with my mom, coming away with stacks of books, much as I did when I was a child. I carried the name of Gerald Durrell with me one night when I was especially feeling post-travel let down and desperately grasping for a familiar tie to Labrie. After some wrangling to find where his books were shelved, memoir, biography, naturalism, I found Gerald Durrell's books in a darkened corner of the library. I plucked his first book about Corfu from the shelf, a bright orange copy of My Family and Other Animals, and brought it home. It was the perfect cure for wonderlust and post-travel letdown. What followed over the next week or so was a wonderful escape to Corfu, with young Jerry as my guide, immersed in the natural world of the island, and with his hilarious family as background noise. Alone in my room, I read and laughed hysterically at the family's antics, especially at the expense of Jerry's sister, Margot, who had a knack of getting into awkward situations. 
The stories involving the honorary members of the Durrell family, Spiro the taxi driver and their hypochondriac housekeeper, Lugarezia, who loves to share gruesome accounts of her various ailments, brought such humor and joy into my life. I wanted to sit at the family table, the beauty of the island surrounding me, and suppress my laughter as each family member, Mother, Larry, Leslie, and Margot, made their plans for the day, and then abandoned them all for a day of adventure with young Jerry and his dog, Roger. If I missed out on exploring the natural world around me as a child, Gerald Durrell made up for it in spades. Of course, it didn't hurt that he was living in Corfu, surrounded by a vast array of sea creatures, insects, and birds, and I lived in suburbia. Nothing was beneath young Jerry's notice. Not the sea slugs who seem to do nothing all day but suck in seawater and pass it out. He observes them as well as any other creature on the island, even turning the sea slugs into a type of water gun for a game with his tutor. He even stops to observe how two families of swallows build their nest under the eaves of the family's villa and the mating habits of turtles. Jerry watched it all. He was so full of enthusiasm for the natural world that it was contagious. His life on the island seemed to be an endless adventure, sometimes making trips to the smaller islands in his birthday boat, the Boodle Bum Trinket, the name still makes me giggle, or discovering trapdoor spiders in the garden. As I continued to read, I was surprised to find myself suddenly interested in the world of bugs and beasts, well, at least not put off by them. For someone who cannot walk outside in the Georgia summer without being feasted on by the mosquitoes, Spending time in nature has always been more of a punishment than a pleasure. But with this book, I was given the experience of the natural world without leaving my bedroom, and I was mesmerized. I hadn't given insects much thought before except as pests, but Gerald Durrell wrote about them in such a way that I could see the complexities of that minute world that I had dismissed. There is one story that remains a special favorite of mine. It is an account of a fight between a praying mantis and a gecko in young Jerry's room one night. It was the most exciting battle scene I had ever encountered in the pages of a book. And even though I tend to get squeamish about blood, I found myself on the edge of my seat as I read the battle to the death between Geronimo the gecko and Cecily the praying mantis. Who would win? Would it be my favorite? Real animal lives were at stake, and I finished the scene with my heart pounding. How does he do it, I wondered, as I finished the book. How does he make even the insect world fascinating and alive? After we brought our daughter home, I was seized by this sudden urge to make nature study a part of her life. I've been reading this book for our own read-aloud group over the past year, and so I give it the credit or blame for this. I want to share a sense of the wonder of the world and creation with my daughter, and to tell the truth with myself. I've caught the exploring bug from reading the book. We're slowly adding nature books to our bookshelves. A book of poetry is a recent favorite. This past spring, my husband and I read it to our daughter in the evening. The poems are lyrical and thoughtful. It was a cherished time of laughter and fun for us. My desire is that these books will instill in her a love of nature and the outside world. And I'm hoping that they will continue to flame the spark in me that was started by my family and other animals. We went on a trip to the state zoo recently. And as we visited the turtle tanks and the various reptiles and birds, our daughter squealing gleefully over the turtles, I thought of Corfu and Gerald Durrell and couldn't suppress a smile. I watched the animals a little more closely as I chatted with my friend as we moved from enclosure to enclosure. 
I wanted to learn and to observe these creatures more than I have in the past. And so I laughed at the tamarind as he moved along his treetop and let the roar of the lion resound through my ears. I feel as if I am years behind on my education, and these moments are needful for me. My hope is that we will be a family that sees and stops and marvels at the world around us, that we will leisurely watch and explore the minuscule world God has created that lives at our feet, just as Gerald Durrell so wonderfully did in his book. Through his words, I am reminded to pay attention, to linger for a moment over the delicacy and precision of a spider's web, because they are like miniature works of art. I've forgotten to pay attention for so long that this new insight is a delight. Where there used to be annoyance, there is wonder. We are not surrounded by the diverse natural life that Gerald Durrell was as a boy in Corfu. Our suburban Georgia neighborhood isn't exotic. It's very ordinary. A little underwhelming, really. We have a pecan orchard out back that we walk with our dog, and where we see herds of deer, the occasional rabbit, and vultures sometimes. I always pray we won't see snakes. Sometimes we hear coyotes howl at night, their eerie cry penetrating our sleep and waking us. There's barely a reprieve from the heat in the summer in Georgia to go out and explore nature. It isn't an ideal setting, but it will do. I'm sure that Gerald Durrell would have found something to note in this ordinary bit of creation. And so, I hope, will we. Read this book if you need to be reminded to stop and notice the natural world around you. Read it to be reminded to linger over the intricacies of a spider's web, to wonder over the insect world. Read it if you need a dose of hilarity. Read it if you have wanderlust. Read it and enjoy. You won't be sorry that you did. To my own little family, may we have many wonderful days of adventure exploring the ordinary world of our own backyard. 